So hello everyone and welcome to the SEAL podcast. This is a podcast by the Society of East Asian Lawyers at Allen and Overy ANO. I'm Godwin Tan, one of the co-hosts of this episode and an associate in the International Arbitration Group at ANO, based in London. SEAL, or the Society of East Asian Lawyers, is a network of ANO staff with East Asian and Southeast Asian heritage connections who share a passion for celebrating and promoting their diverse cultures and backgrounds. The first of its kind amongst London law firms, Sailor was formed in 2020 and has grown into a vibrant and active community with full calendar of events such as film screenings, dance classes, panel discussions, and Lunar New Year and Mid-Autumn celebrations. Sailor also collaborates with client companies and external organizations on East Asian and Southeast Asian activities and events. I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Vicky Chen. Vicky, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us more about the themes and topics we'll be exploring in this podcast. Thanks, Godwin. My name is Vicky Chen, and I am an associate in the ANO restructuring and insolvency team, and also based in London. Although SEAL is a network for staff in the ANO London office specifically, many of our members come from diverse international backgrounds and have experienced life as an East Asian in a variety of countries and cultures. The East Asian experience outside of East Asia has changed significantly as the conversation on diversity has developed in recent years and as a result of events that have come out of the COVID-19 pandemic. It has been a roller coaster of ups and downs for the East Asian community worldwide, but we seem to have come to a place where we can now look back and reflect. We are going to be talking to two members of the ANO International Network who have East Asian heritage about their background, their career, and their views on diversity in the legal profession. We hope you, the listener, can identify with their experiences and become inspired by the stories and advice that they share with us. Godwin, would you like to bring on our guests? Of course. Thank you, Vicky. We are very excited to present this podcast and we are very honored to have two very special guests today. They are Mel Wang and Grace Wang, who are both partners at ANO and leaders in their respective fields. Uh, Mel and Grace, welcome to the SEAL podcast and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Godwin. Thank you, Vicky, for organizing. So I'm Grace. I'm a tech patent litigator based here in New York. A little background on myself. I grew up in Chicago. I spent the next 10 years after college in Boston. I was there for school and I've been in New York for the last 10 years. A lot of my practice is defending mostly large tech companies in patent disputes. And my favorite thing about it is, you know, getting to do deep dives into really interesting technologies with the most talented people in the world and helping them defend their innovations. So that's a little bit on me. Hi, everyone. My name is Miao Wang. I am a partner in Luxembourg Fang's team. I'm a Chinese made in China, practiced four years in Beijing, four years in Hong Kong, and almost five years in Luxembourg. I act for asset managers in pooling the money together. I also act for institutional investors in helping them spending money in investment funds. I've also helped banks to grant loans to funds. Yeah, it's super interesting that you started your career in a country where you're very much in the majority, and now you've moved to a country where you are very much in the minority. Um, how has the Asian experience changed between these two countries of residence for you? Well, I have to say back in China, there wasn't much um, a cultural difference because we all speak the same language. We all have the same culture background. 
in Luxembourg, things get slightly more challenging because then you will be facing a completely different language, different culture, and more importantly, as an expat, you're struggling, you know, with lots of um, household issues, um, starting from the fact that my mom's not here to babysit the kid. What's the breakdown in terms of demographic in Luxembourg? Luxembourg is actually quite an international country. I think I've read the latest data that says around 52% of population in Luxembourg are Luxembourgish. The other half, almost half, are immigrants. And among immigrants, there are 5.7% Asians. And then among that 5.7%, you have 1.4% from China. Well, that's interesting. And Grace, would you say that your experience in the US is very different than from Mel's experience in Luxembourg? Yeah, I mean, it feels different. I mean, I was born in Chicago and my parents immigrated here from Taiwan. So, you know, my experience growing up, our parents just like Chinese parents just like socialized together or Taiwanese parents just socialized together. And then the first generation kids, you know, meet up and socialize together. Thanksgiving, Christmas, it's always Chinese Thanksgiving. It's always a Chinese Christmas. We have the turkey next to the noodles. We have the turkey next to the rice. Um, And so that aspect has been really actually nice. In the U.S., it's about 7% Asian, but it's more so in New York and even more so in California, where I have some family. Um, And there's also a lot of different types of Asian Chinese, Taiwanese, Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese, Indian. And even though there's differences across the different cultures um, and the different specific ethnicities, there's still a lot of shared experiences that are common across those different types. Do you have any advice, Grace, that's more general for East Asians, perhaps even for your younger self, about starting a career in law? Yeah, I mean, when I was starting out, there's a piece of advice that I had heard that has just sort of stayed with me over the last decade and a half. It's been to treat everyone that you work with, your colleagues, your clients, everyone. This is like the associates you work for, the partners you work for, the paralegals, secretaries, like everyone, everyone is your client. Every time that someone works with you or works together with you on a project, they should be thinking, she handled that well, she managed my expectations, she delivered on what she you know, said she would do. And it's true that when you're first starting out your career, of course, you're working for a firm, we're all working for a firm, we're all working for a company. But if you change your mindset to be more importantly, that you're really working for yourself and What you're doing is you're building your reputation. I think that's really good advice. Um, And for Mel, what about you? And what sort of advice would you give your younger self at the start of your career? I think it would be uh, be honest to yourself and speak up for yourself. I don't know if that's just me because part of me is being quite introvert. So many times I thought about something and then or and or when I'm happy or unhappy about a colleague's work. I usually just, uh, you know, cap it within myself and um, not being able to communicate in a very, very friendly way. Or even if I've done that, I would usually start with, yeah, you've done good. 
but then this part needs to be improved and but overall is good, then that unfortunately diluted the information I wanted to convey. So I think be honest and communicate properly is the advice. We're often accused of being the model minority and not being great at speaking up for ourselves. Over the past few years, as there's been more microaggressions coming out of COVID, have you ever had to experience speaking up for yourself? Well, I did. Arguably, I could have done more. One typical example was first month when I was in Luxembourg and I took a bus. Um, there was this ticket controller and then he saw me and asked me to show the ticket, which I did. And then he immediately asked me to show passport. Unfortunately, that day I didn't travel to office with my passport. Uh, so I told him I didn't have it with me. And then he accused me for being an illegal immigrant. That was sort of a tipping point and there was lots of emotion. I immediately told him that was very, very inappropriate. And I'm more than happy to go down to the police station with him. And I also asked to see his certificate so that I can file a claim. Uh, of course, that didn't go anywhere eventually. But looking back, I was so proud that I stood up for myself and um, expressed my views. What about you, Grace, in the States? Did you also encounter any similar incidents or events? And what advice do you have on addressing such events constructively? I don't know if this really provides any constructive examples, but of course, in the aftermath or at the height of the pandemic over the last couple of years, this has been you know, widely reported in the press, this rise of anti-Asian racism and hate and violence. Um, and especially being in New York, it was quite different from the New York that I had known pre-2020. It was a big deal. I had left with my family um, in the spring of 2020 to Long Island. Um, and then over a year later in April, 2021, I needed to be back in the city for an oral argument. And I was working with two people senior to me who are not Asian and they hadn't really left the city. So to them, I think they were just more or less used to the change in dynamic in New York um, from pre-COVID to during COVID. For me, I remember it was the height of anti-Asian violence and I was so just scared and aware of my surroundings when I came back to the city for the first time. I had bought a pepper spray. I had bought, you know, an alarm, like a button that I never actually pushed the buttons, but it's supposed to let out a huge, loud screech. I don't know how I feel about this, but I never even really told the people that I was working with that I was feeling this way and like the reasons for why I didn't want to take the subway or the reasons why I didn't want to go home. I just wanted to stay in Midtown. But at the time, for whatever it's worth, I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. Even coming back to the city on a more permanent basis, like even years later, even now, my subway riding behavior is quite different. I used to go directly down to the platform and wait there. And of course, even pre-pandemic, you always hear about stories of like, don't stand too close to the platform edge. But now I just won't even go down to the platform until I can see the countdown for when the next train is coming. So I just go down when right when the train is coming. So that still permeates my subway riding behavior even now. But I think just being able to talk about it 
is helpful. Being able to talk about your shared experiences and the way that you feel about certain things in the workplace is freeing and can show that other people on your team should be free to do that too. That's so true. Even though COVID was a very isolating experience and the anti-Asian hate resulted in even more isolation for a lot of the Asian community, I guess it also was a shared experience that brought the Asian community Mm -hmm. together a lot. Do you have any examples in your career of where, I guess, the Asian background has come in handy that you've leveraged it and have brought together an Asian community within the business sphere? So for me, since joining the firm, I was introduced to the Asian American Bar Association of New York. It's a mouthful, but we all call it Albany. You know, I participated in this mentorship program and through that, the association hosted a gala earlier this year in the spring. And What struck me, there was this very powerful moment. It was a gathering of Asian Americans in New York, ranging from both in-house counsel decision makers and people at law firms. And there was a powerful moment towards the end of the night when the MC for the night did a call to action and said, Asian Americans have the highest ratio of associates to partners in a law firm, you know, 13% associates, 4% equity partners, and the numbers are even worse for women. And so the call to action was to look around the room, you know, if you're in-house, try to give whatever business you can or just emphasize diversity and try to give business to people and connections that you've made in the room. For me, that was a really powerful moment because it was like, actually being said out there, right? And it was actually being said to people who have decision-making authority and can actually make a difference. Mel, what about you in terms of how you think your cultural background, your heritage have come into play in your career then? Well, that certainly helped me a lot in growing a pack client. Culture, of course, is just one aspect. On the other hand, I've worked in uh, Beijing and Hong Kong before, so I know how people do things there. I know the, the commercial practice there, so that certainly is helpful. But it's just one dimension, right? And culture and ethnic connection can help us open the door, build the initial connection, but there are much more than that. Uh, for example, in Luxembourg, there are so many expats They may be Asian, they may be American, they may be English, but we share some similarities. For example, we do face challenges trying to balance life and work. We do share the same curiosity to Lux culture and to European culture. So that could all be a point that connect us together. Exactly. And that is actually one of the aims of this podcast as well. It's because we know that there must be listeners out there who share those experiences or or who are at least curious and want to learn more about those experiences. We wanted to end on a question that many of our listeners can either relate to or perhaps have wondered about since the word microaggression entered our daily vernacular. The question is, what is the right way to ask, where are you from? And how do you answer when someone follows up with, where are you really from? Grace, can we come to you first for your thoughts on this? As an Asian living in the U.S., I get that question a lot. I've honestly never been offended by it, but 
I can understand how others might um, perceive that to have a sense of otherness, right? For me, the way I've always answered it is, well, you know, I was born and raised in Chicago, but in my head, I know exactly what you really want to know. And so I add that my parents are from Taiwan. And I've also noticed that Asians, it's not usually Asians that ask that question. It's usually non-Asians. But when Asians want to know where someone else is from or their cultural background, we won't ask the question or rephrase it in a different way. Or more likely, we wait for the other person to maybe be dropping hints about where they're from. And if we do ask it, then we ask it in a more open-ended way, like, where did you grow up and where were you born or where were your parents born? Meow, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I think we should be less sensitive. I mean, we all agree that most of the time when people ask you, where are you from? It's out of genuine curiosity and really wanting to know more about yourself. Personally, I, I like Grace, I would not take it badly. Um, although there are sometimes, for example, one client of mine asked me specifically if I can put a French speaking associate on the matter, I felt very offended in the beginning. Uh, but then he explained to me that's because his English is not good enough and he prefer to speak to someone that speaks French. And that makes perfect sense. And I even apologize for not putting a French speaking associate in the first place. That's me not being considerate enough. This has been such an interesting conversation. Thank you both for being so open and candid with sharing your experiences and your stories. I'm sure the listeners will have a lot to take away from what you've shared with us today. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you as well to all listeners for listening to this podcast. And we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback or questions, please feel free to direct it to either Vicky or me. We'll be happy to answer them.